Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. The biggest breaking news stories, an outspoken opinion. The Breakfast Briefing with Julia Hartley Brewer on Talk Radio. Good morning to you. It's Thursday the 23rd of March. You're watching Breakfast with me, Julia Hartley-Brewer, on talk. Coming up, Boris Johnson has promised hand on heart that he didn't lie to MPs when he denied Downing Street parties had broken his own lockdown rules. Meanwhile, MPs voted yesterday to endorse Rishi Sunak's new Brexit deal for Northern Ireland, despite a rebellion by 22 Tory backbenchers, including Boris Johnson and Liz Truss. And the Bank of England is expected to raise interest rates again today after a surprise jump in inflation. 6.33 is the time. This is Talk Breakfast. Well, good morning to you. Thank you very much indeed for your company. So much to talk about on the show. And don't worry, it won't all be Boris, Boris, Boris. But... Yeah, he's a key figure, not just for the evidence that he gave yesterday uh, in the House of Commons to the Privileges Committee, but also for what he said to us exactly three years ago today. Let's have a watch and a listen. From this evening, I must give the British people a very simple instruction. You must stay at home. And therefore, I urge you at this moment of national emergency to stay at home protect our NHS 
and save lives. Well, uh, many of us did stay at home. Millions, by the way, also still went out to work, uh, including those in Downing Street. Um, not sure we did protect the NHS, given the state it's in right now, and I'm not sure we did indeed save lives. If you look at the excess death toll for countries like Sweden, even in comparison with their Nordic neighbours, uh, they've seen fewer long-term excess deaths. It's uh, three years on. We're going to be talking to some key figures uh, who we've spoken to over the last uh, three years uh, about that decision. And I'd love to hear from you. Um, announcing that first lockdown three years ago, um, I just want to know what your thoughts are today. How, how did it affect you? Um, do you think, think it was the right decision, wrong decision? But just what, what your feeling is uh, today. Um, do tweet me at TalkTV and text the word talk to 8722. Joining me in the studio is Alan Tolhurst, he's Chief Reporter at Politics Home. Um, just before we talk about Boris, your mm. reflections, not just on yesterday but your reflections on three years ago you're part of the the media political class that cheered all this stuff on yeah what are your reflections yeah i, th I think it, it is a, a moment to, to kind of reflect on it. and i think that we got a lot of things wrong how much of that stuff we could have got right at the time i think is definitely up for debate and that's what we're going to be talking about yeah. today i think back then i th you know, I had no understanding that three years later it would still be the biggest topic of of conversation i think in, yes. in, in political circles well it was three weeks to flatten the curve it's 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 three years to flatten the country right exactly and so it is really interesting and 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 watching yeah reporting on those uh, that that was a press conference it was just that, that statement wasn't it it was really interesting to know that you know that was that was kind of it for then I think actually it's interesting to talk about, we talk about lockdowns now, there's a lot of conversation now about whether it was a real lockdown, as in a true lockdown, as in whether it could have gone further. If only we had locked down more yeah. and earlier. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. earlier and harder. And that's and that, that a debate that's still going to be had. And, and, and I'm not, I'm not, not yeah. much one you're very uh, open to. Look at to. excess deaths in Australia and New Zealand right now. Yeah, absolutely. But they, but then, of course, they didn't they didn't get on with the vaccination while they were in the Oh, there's lockdown. always a but, isn't there? There's well, no, but, a but. And, but it's, up, yeah. it's, it's up for debate, isn't yeah. it? Well, it's again, a, I mean, again, we know, I mean, look, I, I I was already in lockdown. Um, I already had COVID. I caught yeah. it on the 16th. So I was already, uh, uh, my, my daughter and my husband we were all already at home. Um, and um, yeah, so I watched all that from home anyway. And a lot of people were already from home. And Boris Johnson actually, there's a six minute clip that in total. And he talks already about how a lot of people are home, but we need to do more. Yeah. Um, and again, the deal was, we were told three weeks to fatten the curve. And I remember talking to people during that time. I was like, it's not three weeks. It's going to, they're going to review it in three weeks. Yeah, I think it was 12 weeks to flatten the curve. And it was going to be reviewed after three weeks, I think. But yeah, yeah 12 weeks came and went. It, it, it certainly did. It certainly did. Well, look, we're living in the aftermath of that. And certainly yeah. Boris Johnson is living in the aftermath of that. Um, Look, he gave evidence, promising hand on heart that he didn't lie to MPs when he uh, denied that Downing Street parties had broken his own lockdown rules. We, we vividly remember what he had to say, 1st of December and the 8th of December 2021, when it first emerged about a party that happened, a Christmas party, well, Christmas and leaving party a year earlier yeah. in December 2020, um, when, yeah, we were heading into lockdown and people's Christmases were cancelled, seeing their families after all those many months, people being separated. Um, what did you What did you make of generally his performance and... And generally, what the Privileges Committee had to say. I think his performance actually started off quite well. Obviously, he's had when a lot he was of time on to script. prepare. Yeah, his opening statement, obviously, the the um, very eminent and expensive QC, Lord Panic, sat behind him, who we're paying for, by the way. He's taxpayer funded. Good point. Uh, £222,000 of taxpayers' money went towards Lord Panic's uh, preparation for, for Boris Johnson. So that the opening statement was quite good and quite persuasive. He was talking about how, you know, he wouldn't have gone to these events had he known etc etc because he was the one setting the rules but as it went on that defense started to crumble and his ability to stay calm and cool under pressure started to go and by the end he was getting rather frustrated his supporters behind him 
were getting the MPs especially were getting more frustrated, especially with Bernard Jenkin, mm. the Conservative MP towards the end. And I think he started to kind of destroy his own one. And for me, the key bit there's lots of to pick out was that he said he was talking about the mitigations that were going on in one yeah. of the pictures, and he was asked, you know. What, what mitigations? And he was saying things like, well, you know, we didn't share pens. We didn't pass pens yes. to each other. And then Harriet Harman, who's chairing the committee, interjected and said, but you, you were drinking at this event. Surely you were passing around drinks to each other. And he said, well, yes. <laughs> and you just think, well, you know, you've just blown your own But, but also we had screens and things well, and, and masks and things. But, well, I mean, I, I've had it on good authority. And I wrote <clears> a piece back, in fact, back in summer of 21, long before this. Um, it went in the mail on Sunday about how, you know, no one was wearing masks. They would wear their masks walking up for the cameras yeah. in Downing Street, like my Hancock's on video, to actually walk through the back door of number 10, taking his mask off. I mean, it was an absolute absurdity. Um, you know, none of those pictures do you see, ever see no. anyone or wearing screens, a mask. Or any, any no of the mitigations They were always in another room, apparently. Yeah, he was in, this was in the vestibule and they were in the next room. And, it, you know... <clears throat> and not the that, can I say, not that they should have had to do that, but we had to do that. <coughs> I, actually, one of the things I looked at yesterday, hearing about all these you know, parties, and, 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 I, and I found a video of when my, my colleagues here left. And, and we literally stood there two metres apart. Mm. Anyone standing had to wear a mask in our office. You're sitting, you didn't, but our desk, you can see there's all these signs saying closed. You had to have, you know, diagonally, you know, opposite, you weren't allowed to sit, you know, next to anybody. Um, mass, I mean, very few people allowed in the office. You walked in the office, you did just show, you left. You weren't allowed yeah. to stay for more than like five minutes afterwards because the next team would be coming in. Um, and, you know, people have to stand in the lift. Three people in the lift facing the wall. I mean, it was, Our, I'm it, sorry, but it was insane. Okay, I, rules, by the way, made by people who are probably all working from yeah. home. But but you know I'm looking at this this someone who'd worked on this show for for years um, and and really much you know, loved and respected colleague leaving and and all we were allowed to do was stand two meters apart and go well thanks very much goodbye yeah. and that's all we were allowed to do our, edi- our okay. editor um, Kevin Schofield is now at Huffington Post yep. he 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 left in um, in 2020 we didn't have a leaving uniform we had one drink yeah. over Zoom he'd been yeah. an editor for five years was this huge figure in the company yeah. and he left. With nothing but happened. this is it. With Boris Johnson, but for Boris Johnson, it was really important for him to improve morale. It was to, essential to, you know, it was to essential improve morale, to improve absolutely. Morale. And that's that's the thing he kept talking about. Um, but again, it wasn't essential for people to attend funerals or children to go to school right. or or anything else. Um, I mean, that was the thing. It was this idea that they were just you know living a completely different existence from everybody else. They were still yeah. I've no doubt at all they were working very hard. Yeah. Um, but in terms of some of the questioning, I mean, one of the things that struck me as well was that Boris Johnson's defence previously was that, you know, look, he didn't know. I mean, he were, we've gone through everything over the last year or so. He didn't know there were any parties. Oh, he did know there were parties, but they were, I mean, they were the rules that were kept. They weren't parties. Um, yeah, they yeah, weren't parties. And he was, only, and he wasn't any, oh no, he wasn't some, but the one, when he was at them, the rules were still intact. And as he points out, he wasn't fined. It was a work event. But again, this is the difficulty. It's both his work and his home. He could be anywhere he wanted. If he, I, I, there's, there's some technicalities why the police did didn't find him. I also right. think, frankly, it was all a stitch up. The and fact that the only fines, and, yeah, the only fines that were were actually issued to Boris Johnson, also issued to Rishi Sunak, who it was proven, as he pointed out in PMQs yesterday, the Sue Gray report actually pointed out that he had no idea. He didn't come to an event. He came to a meeting, turned up ten minutes early, and then there was cake. <laughs> and Serves you right for being early. Yeah, well, exactly. So I mean, I'm, I've always thought that was unfair. Yeah. That fine, I, I really do. Um, and and I do think it's also unfair. A load of young, you know, young staff getting fined when look, they were breaking the rules. And they must have known they were breaking the rules, and I still loathe and despise them all for it. But but as far as they were concerned, the bosses were saying it was okay. How Simon Case is still in a job? Yeah, absolute mystery to me. But Boris Johnson moved on to he was advised by senior aides. This is what he put in his dossier. 
that the rules were followed. How, wh- how could he possibly distrust that? He was insisting that these senior aides, I'm questioned again and again by different MPs on this Privileges Committee, and some of the most damning questions, by the way, coming from Tory MPs on his own yeah. side. Um, 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 he, he then said, well, he couldn't name the officials. He couldn't re- sort of remember who it was, but he couldn't name them. But he, but they did advise him. Um, and, and then he said, oh, he didn't receive assurances uh, from people like Simon Case or others. Um, all these senior people saying, well, I didn't tell him it was all OK. And then he admits it was basically two political advisors who were at the parties who told him it was all okay they in their evidence to the committee we understand um have denied telling him yeah that this is all within the rules so it, it appears to me he has lied again well because because all of those statements that he has made they cannot all be true at the same time right it is interesting that in, in, in an inquiry to work out whether he has lied before whether he has now lied again but I think yeah you, you're right and I think that was one of the moments when MPs were genuinely surprised by the evidence they got from from Johnson mm. was that he obviously said in the House of Commons I've had repeated assurances that yeah. no rules were broken and as you say under questioning he admitted that those assurances that he got were from his director of communications um, and from his press secretary yeah both of whom are political appointees, one of whom he appointed himself, not from, let's say, uh, senior civil servants, government lawyers, the cabinet secretary, which I think a lot of people at the time would have expected and would have thought that if uh, if the prime minister is standing up saying, I've been repeatedly assured Mm. that guidelines are broken, that it would come from people like that, not from political appointees. But again, the fact that he's always relied on this idea that there was this workplace exemption. There wasn't! I'm going to bang on it. Here's the question. There'll be people shouting at the radio right now and the TV, and and I've had some people tweet me and say, I'm going to tune off. I'm going to turn off today because I don't want to hear you banging on about this. It doesn't matter. It was three years ago. Some of these parties were almost three years ago. May May 15th of May 2020 was the first one. Um, uh, And and it it just... Move on. Yeah. Does it matter? Yeah, I was wrestling with this yesterday after watching evidence. Because if you zoom out, these are very... These are very very small fry in amongst the much wider... Eating cake and having a bottle of wine. Uh, Yeah, and and, and the hundreds of thousands of, of deaths. But I think what's so important is that it's about trust in politics is what it comes down to. And when the next big thing comes along, when the next pandemic comes along, if people no longer trust the politicians, if the, if, if the hypocrisy d- damages that trust to a point, people are not going to go along with things before. If we have to go into lockdown again, say in 10 years time, is people's trust going to be so damaged that they're not going to go along with any of the things the governments would try and Good. do? Good. Sure, but you know, but as in there are some things that people should comply with that the government will do, and people won't do that if they don't trust politi- if politicians. And this is what it's about. So it's, about re- it's about getting that trust sorted. Yeah, out. again, it's the fact that we now we just think that lockdowns are a normal, sensible, moral, right way of handling pretty much any situation. That's the insanity we're still fighting. And if you think that that doesn't matter because it's all over. Think again. It's going to happen to us again unless we stop it. At 6.45 is the time. This is Talk Breakfast. The biggest breaking news stories. An outspoken opinion. The Breakfast Briefing with Julia Hartley Brewer on Talk Radio. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. 
Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.